Countdown is on. The Constellation Cup is coming back to Australia. A sold-out crowd at the Gold Coast Convention and Exhibition Centre stands to applaud their diamonds. Over the weekend, the Silver Ferns lost the Constellation Cup to Australia, with the Diamonds winning the fourth test 57-53. But off the court, an even bigger story was brewing. What do they say? Go woke and you go broke, right? And isn't Netball Australia about to learn that the hard way? After a whiny, whingy, woke campaign by some members of the Diamonds, Australia's richest woman has pulled her $15 million sponsorship of the national team. The decision of cash-strapped Netball Australia to accept sponsorship from mining magnate Gina Reinhart prompted a team revolt, accusations of player entitlement, and has left the organisation itself in a financial mess. I'm Emile Bonvin, and today on the detail, Sky Sports Netball commentator Jenny Woods on the combustible saga of Hancock prospecting, Netball Australia, and what happens when morals clash with the commercial realities of elite-level sport. Maybe we should start with the sort of premise, which is that uh, earlier this year, Netball Australia found itself in very dire financial straits. And then, in a puff of smoke... From a coal mining machine emerges an angel. What happened? Well, essentially that was it, although there had been another little bit before then uh, when a offer had been made from a private equity group who were very keen to buy the Suncorp. Now, the Suncorp League is is Australia's domestic league, so it's a bit like our ANZ Premiership, only it's bigger, brighter, unlimited number of import players from around the world. You know, they tout it as the world's best netball competition, and it probably is. Fantastic. Um, But it's running at a loss. They're losing money. The nation's most popular female sport is on the brink of ruin. Netball Australia has reportedly lost $7.2 million over over two years, with bank debts of around $4 million. It's been surviving on federal government grants, and it's believed things started going downhill after Netball Australia pulled out of the trans-Tasman competition with New Zealand. And so this group of, uh, backed by, you know, very quite prominent ex-players like Liz Ellis, pitched to buy it. Mm. Now, Netball Australia were against it, my supposition is that Netball Australia didn't want to lose control mm. of that competition. So and they would have been selling a chunk of the competition. They would have been selling the competition. The competition, right. Yeah. So, And if you think about it, you know, the NBA, the EPL, those big leagues are all, I think, privately owned. Yes. So park that to one side. That that happened before this. And then, as you say, out came the puff of smoke. Gina Reinhart, Hancock Prospecting, came up with an offer, sponsorship offer, $15 million over four years. And that was going to be used to fund the Diamonds High Performance Program. So, you know, invaluable. I mean, women's sport and netball particularly does not get offers like that every day of the week. So you can see why Netball Australia was so keen on it. This is where things get a little bit murky because some people say this, some people say that. Initially it was suggested that the players were against the the mining aspect, the environmental aspect. I think it's since emerged that actually it's not so much that. It's the fact that Lang Hancock, 
Gina Reinhart's father, who started Hancock Prospecting last century, had a, a, a horrendous record towards the indigenous people. Now, if you want to get them worked, if you want to put people to put hundreds of millions of dollars of their own money and not the taxpayers' money into them, you then have to turn around and give the people that are going to put all this risk money up the right to mine them. It's said that he's just basically mined wherever he wanted. He made outrageous statements about what should happen to them. Uh, and, you know, you can well understand why people would take exception to that, particularly Danelle Wallum, who is, well, she's about to play her first test. I think Australia are about to play a three-test series against England, and she would be making her debut. Now, she is actually just the third Indigenous player to make the uh, diamonds, which is a story in itself. Indeed, yeah. I think. Uh, But... You know, and that all came out a couple of years ago and they said that, you know, we were going to do things better and there were stories of, of shocking racism within the sport in, in Australia. So to to be fair to Netball Australia, they've said they've been trying to, to put that to rights. So what Danelle Wallam wanted was an exception, which was a little bit like what Sonny Bill Williams had when he played for Auckland, I think, in the... NPC here. He, um, as a Muslim, didn't want to be wearing the BNZ brand on his chest, and I think that exception was allowed. He got to cover it up with a bit of tape, I think. Yeah. He did. Sonny Bill Williams taping over the BNZ logo <laughs> on the collar of his Blues jersey. We've had this conscientious objection clause in the contracts or in the collective employment agreement for about 10 years now, and um, and it's there for exactly these reasons. So this is what Danielle Wallen was after. But the player said, no, hang on, no, no, not good enough just for you. We'll all refuse to wear it. So solidarity, sisters in arms, all, you know, all that sort of thing. And this is where it's sort of gone rather pear-shaped. It's confusing as to whether they had an issue with the fact that it was mining or whether they had an issue about, you know, Hancock's um, uh, remarks about Indigenous people. Now, there is no doubt that Gina Reinhardt's father did say some horrific, horrific things, things yeah. and should should he should have apologised for them, but should we be holding her accountable? I don't know. To get to the bottom of this, you've got to look at the relationship between the Players Association and Netball Australia, it's absolutely fractious, mm. mainly because of um, lack of consultation. Netball Australia has just sort of fired ahead and and done things and then said, oh, yes, we better tell the players. Now, if you're an organisation with your back to the wall with no money, I, you know, I get that. You've, you've got to make your money somehow, but you need to tell the players. You need to take, the pe- take your people with you. And I can't help but think that there's going to be no headway made until the players and Netball Australia get together and just nut this thing out because at the moment um, the relationship would appear pretty toxic. There was an elegant summary of the story. Let's go back over some elements of it in a, in a bit more detail maybe. So why is Netball Australia in such bad financial shape when it is a, an enormous sport in Australia? Like it's the, I think it's the, the most played team sport in Australia for women, anyway. For women, absolutely. Oh, Emil, I ask myself all the time. They just cannot get the big broadcast deals. Mm. You, they're up against cricket, up against Aussie rules, up against league. Mm. 
I still don't understand it. I mean, the whole country plays netball. And it's interesting always talking to the Diamonds whenever they come over here. And I'm not going to suggest that New Zealand's perfect either because I don't think it is. But they love coming here because people know who they are. Mm. There's coverage. People come to their news conferences. So I... I put it down, I put it down to latent Australian sexism. Mm. I don't know if that's true, but um it must be so frustrating and I don't know all the ins and outs of the of the Netball Australia financial situation, but I know I've read figures of 7 million, I've read figures of 4 million in debt. And women's sport really struggles to get sponsorship unless you're under the Umbrella of a men's sport. Well, that's exactly and, it. That's the, that's the thing that is uh, sort of infuriating about this, is that Australia has made incredible strides in terms of AFL women. After months of negotiations and with an August season start looming, the league and AFLW players have finally come to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement. The main talking point to come out of this CBA is that there's going to be a 94% pay increase across the board, which is great news for the players. And in terms of women's cricket, they're miles ahead of anybody else. And it shows on the field the professionalism, and yet in some sports like netball, it is just the the complete other side of the coin. But what's the difference? Well, exactly. Only yep. women play netball. Now that's not exactly true because, of course, men do play, and we've just had a test series between um, New Zealand and Australia. But essentially, it's seen as a women's sport. It's different in this country because the, we have a different structure. The relationship between the New Zealand Players Association and Netball New Zealand is a good one. Um, I mean, they're on opposing... I mean, the Players Association is yeah. a union. There's a natural ad- adversarial yeah, element to it. Exactly. But as from what I have seen in operation, it, it's a working relationship. They'll, they'll nut things out. Uh, and I think that's, again, going back to my point, that's where these two groups have got to get together and try and work it out. This is Netball Australia's CEO, Kelly Ryan. I think it all comes down to making sure there's a, a, a really strong balance. I think there is a really important role that sporting organisations do play from grassroots right through to the elite to create a safe environment, to have really strong social conversations. But there's also needs to be a balance in terms of the commercial realities of that as well and making sure that you continue to be able to invest in, in the future of your sport. So Netball Australia is in a really bad position for many and varied reasons. They could sell a competition, or like New Zealand rugby, equity. The deal will see Silver Lake invest $200 million in a new commercial entity that will control all revenue-generating assets of New Zealand rugby. Or if you don't want to sell a stake in the game's future, you can accept a sponsorship, you know, sell your brand. But sometimes when it comes to companies that make cigarettes or sell booze or destroy the planet... That's a bit problematic. There is a a sponsor of this program and indeed of this network of Sky News, and that is Hancock Prospecting, Gina Reinhart. And I'm a huge admirer. I'm sure everybody here on this panel is as well. Tell me why Gina Reinhart is a problem in this case for people who might not be familiar with that name. So Gina Reinhart, um, wealthiest... I think she's the wealthiest person, not just the wealthiest woman in Australia. So massive mining interests. And if you go back, her father was Lang Hancock uh, and Reinhardt basically inherited a lot of it. But she has also, I think, recognised as a pretty astute 
businesswoman. She might have inherited like a couple hundred million dollars, but she turns it into 30 billion. She's doing great things for the Australian economy. Iron ore is one of those things that no matter what, we're going to, we need it. And it's actually paid for a lot of good things in our economy. She supports a lot of sport um, in Australia. A few months ago, I spoke about the enormous generosity of Gina Reinhart around our Olympians and our Paralympians in the swimming, rowing, volleyball and artistic swimming teams. She's been supporting the swim team for about 10 years now, um, the Paralympic team as well, and and she's just announced a contract to continue to support us um, up to the Brisbane 32 Olympics. She's single-handedly saved our, our sport. And, I mean, I, I would like to think she's doing it for the right interests, and I think she is. And I think she's just got fed up because it did get very confusing when the players were saying, well, we want this money and we want to support Donnell, but we don't really want to wear the logo. But I think this turnaround in the last few days when, um, you know, the sponsorship just got pulled. Netball Australia has lost its $15 million sponsorship deal with Gina Reinhart's Hancock Prospecting. In a statement, Hancock Prospecting says it didn't want to add to team disunity. Netball Australia has suffered more than $7 million worth of losses over the last two years. I think that caught quite a few people unawares. I heard uh, Kelly Ryan as the Chief Executive of Netball Australia. She sounded livid mm. the other day um, when I heard a clip on the radio. Are you clear why Hancock Prospecting pulled out of the deal on Saturday? Uh, not entirely, if I'm honest. We uh, had done a fair amount of work with them over the last uh, week to make sure that we could navigate the scenario that we were in and given the many sensitivities and complexities. Um, I thought we'd done a, a fabulous job in, in, in rounding out and coming to a a really great solution, um, but obviously um, that wasn't to be, um, and they decided it just uh, wasn't going to be viable for them going forward. But, you know, interesting, the, the statement from Hancock prospecting, you know, a little bit of a little dig for the Players Association, sort of saying, well, look, they're seeking a, a substantial increase in wages in the knowledge that the organisation doesn't have the money. Mm. So, you know, that's a little bit of a, a nudge there. Well, which is a, sort of a fair point to to point out in a way, isn't it? It's like she's, she's saying here, effectively, you want to have your cake and eat it too. Yep. And the kind of are. Well, it is. And I mean, I, it made me think of a little a comment the other day uh, in, in our firefighters dispute. A very similar comment was made where, yes, we, we, we would like to give you everything we want, but we simply can't afford it. Now, you know, that, that's open to argument. But I think the, the, thing, the thing with sports sponsorship is where do you stop looking or how deep do you go trying to find what's a good sponsorship and what's a bad sponsorship? Because, I mean, you could just about argue that anything's, you know, um, the Netball New Zealand has a, a very good and loyal sponsor in Cadbury. Mm. They've done marvellous things for the game. But, I mean, you could argue that... Sugar. Sugar, chocolate. Yeah. Obesity. All, obesity, Exit. all that. But I am certainly not saying that because I think the, you know, the Cadbury series are, uh, are fabulous. So, you know, it's I feel for just about everyone involved, but they've, they've got to start talking to each other and um, perhaps, you know, do it with a modicum of amicability. The price of being virtuous is hypocrisy. For the netballers to arc up not taking sponsorship dollars from Gina Reinhardt, who is guilt by association from a father who I think made those comments, whatever they were, 40 years ago, 
seems ludicrous. I feel like it's important here to to say that you know the things that Lang Hancock said are absolutely horrible. Like there's there's like there's saying a racist thing and then there's being a racist. And he is definitely on the being a racist side of things. I think he actually said in a televised interview, he suggested that... Those that have been assimilated into you know, earning good living or earning wages amongst the civilised areas that have been accepted into society and they have accepted society and can handle society, I'd leave them well alone. The ones that are no good to themselves and can't accept things, the half-caste, and this is where most of the trouble comes, I would dope the water up so that they were sterile and would breed themselves out in the future, and that would solve the problem. Disgusting. Yeah, and you can completely understand the perspective of the Australian players here. Yeah, you can. But, you know, that... Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to stand, you know, try and defend it because there is no defence for that. Um, and I don't know what Gina Reinhardt has said about those comments. In fact, I, I suspect she might have said nothing, mm. uh, perhaps hoping that, you know, her actions will speak louder than words. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I think, as I say, they've just got to start talking to each other. In a way, fundamentally, this is sort of about player power. This is very much a case of player power. But have they overstepped the players I'm talking about, overstepped their mark? Because yeah. now they've, well, the old saying, cut off their nose despite their face. Do you think so? Do you see that well, as being I, the situation? Yeah, I, I do think they have. And perhaps they got a little bit caught out by, by the sponsorship being pulled. I mean, I don't know. See, the, the, the complicating factor in all of this is the, the, the timing. I mean, this team is in the middle of... Okay, it's not a pinnacle event, but the Constellation Cup is the it's the third biggest event on the netball calendar. Mm. You know, and and it turned out it was a great series, and now they're going straight into a series against England. That's a significant series, and I, I just don't really know that the players should be thinking about other things. They should be, from a coach's point of view, anyway, just concentrating on on their on their sport, on their game. Uh, without this distraction, I think the timing is terrible. In the balance that we talked about before, in terms of companies want to, the companies pay the organisation, uh, and the organisation wears the company's logo. Essentially, what is happening is the players' bodies are being used as advertising billboards. They are, and yes. this, in a sense, is manifesting control over what you use your body to advertise, and actually standing up and saying, you know what, I don't want this logo on my on my body, and. Again, fair enough. And then, in that case, you won't get that $15 million that's going into your high-performance program. That's it. And so that's what they have to weigh up. It's been interesting to note some of the blistering criticism of particularly the netball players here, particularly coming out of Australia, and particularly coming from white men. A bunch of self-absorbed hypocrites who happen to be good at one sport or another are now determined to bite the hand that feeds them. Let's face it, it's pretty hard to get people to actually watch a lot of female sport. Gina Reinhardt's funding them and making sure that these ladies can go and buy groceries. Personally, I reckon the Australian people have had enough of this rubbish. Our sport is becoming controlled by woke whinges and public displays of virtuous hypocrisy. <laughs> oh. Shock horror. Well, the thing that, of course, makes me laugh out loud is it's the only time you'll ever see white men get interested in netball. I mean, you know, and I, I, I do have a little dig at the media here too because, as we mentioned earlier, you know, coverage of netball can be very haphazard at best. At best. But, oh, there's some controversy. Mm. Um, you know, let's get stuck in.
Do you think this is going to be... I, I mean, it's interesting to note, last week, fans of the, the AFL team, the Fremantle Dockers, the fans urged the team's management to reconsider a sponsorship agreement that, that the Fremantle Dockers had with a fossil fuels company. Uh, Pat Cummings reportedly has raised issues around Cricket Australia's uh, relationship with Alinta Energy for exactly the same reason. Even in New Zealand, the All Blacks have been criticised heavily for their sponsorship deal with Ineos. I mean, this is something that sports teams are increasingly having to deal with. I know. I mean, I, we're big yachting fans, and, and in the America's Cup recently, um, Ineos GB were here, and and we we <laughs> we just called them the frackers. Yeah. Probably laying our <laughs> our opinions, uh, making our opinions clear, but it's it's really complicated. But I think what is harder for netball, and I keep coming back to this, is that it's not a wash with money. You, it needs the money, You yeah. don't have sponsors lining up. If only you did. Mm. I, I just wish people's eyes could be open to the fact or the opportunity that that netball offers. It's, you know, often when people come to the game or, or watch it for the first time, particularly, um, you know, I work in commentary and you might have a, a director that's not directed netball before, mm. In fact, at the recent Commonwealth Games, I I had a guy who was used to directing rugby, and he says, "Oh, wow, this is fast," and I felt like saying to him, "What did you expect?" <laughs> you know, and you you just you I, I didn't say anything and mm. just you know it was all good. But um, I think you know people have got to wake up and hopefully uh, open their wallets as well. It's actually very interesting when you sort of take stock because, in a sense, everybody is acting understandably and also, in a way, badly, right? Like, you've got the players, they want to get paid, they want, you know, they want to get money for the work that they do, but they don't want to take money from this source that is offering them the money. Netball Australia, again, same sort of position. They want money and they don't want to ask too many questions about where it comes from, but they also want to support their players. Gina Reinhardt, she wants to support Australian sport. She also wants to associate her brand with something that, that perhaps is going to go some way to cleansing what it actually sort of does. There is no, this side is good, this side is bad. It's a big old shade of grey. It is. You're absolutely right. And I could just about argue right round exactly. this argument. Yeah. Um, but I do think what, you know, Netball Australia needs to um, consult more with the players. They need to keep them in the loop. And I think that's one acknowledgement that they did make that perhaps they could have done that better. Mm. You know, surely to goodness you can you can tell them something. Well, yeah, I guess it's a matter of sort of seeing the players as partners rather than employees. Exactly. Netball Australia is now on the lookout for a different sponsor to make up the shortfall. And among the supposed frontrunners is one that might fire up this whole debate all over again. They're saying that betting agencies are a possible sponsor to step into the space. That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders and produced by Alexia Russell. Bonnie Harrison is our associate producer. And thanks to Jenny Woods. Ka kite anō. <laughs>